Hello, my name's Mary Coulton and I am a dance movement psychotherapist uh, working in the NHS for the past 15 years. And today I'm going to present my work in terms of recent, recent doctoral research at Durham University, looking at dance movement psychotherapy and acute adult psychiatry, psyche and DASIGN. So I should just share my slides with you. Here we are. So, dance movement psychotherapy in acute adult psychiatry, psyche, and DASIGN. Here we have an image of the three graces who look to me like they're engaged in, in dance, in very elegant and graceful dance. So, what is dance movement psychotherapy? Well, dance movement psychotherapy, or DMP, is a relational process in which client, clients and therapists engage creatively using body movement and dance to assist integration of emotional, cognitive, physical, social and spiritual aspects of self. The philosophical orientation of DMP is based on the intrinsic belief in the interrelationship between psyche, soma and spirit as evidenced in the potential held in creative processes. Now, th this is a quote from Sabine Cox, Professor of Dance Movement Psychotherapy at Heidelberg University. And I think it says um, to me, and hopefully to you, um, what really dance therapy is about. It is often through movement that the unspeakable or not yet to be verbalized becomes denser and expresses itself in non-verbal symbols and metaphors and searches to break through to the verbal. The majority of my work has taken place on acute psychiatric wards and this is often the case, I've witnessed this over the years, that what can't be expressed verbally is more often than not expressed through the movement and through the symbol and through the metaphor. And this is what made me curious about what was going on and um, took me forward towards my doctoral research at Durham University to try to find out what might be happening. The moving body, um, so as we know there's been a lot of research into the lived body experience in psychopathology and this is um, majority of the research has looked at the lived body experience, but not really at the moving body. My work as a dance movement psychotherapist afforded me the opportunity to look at what was happening in real time while I was moving, while I was moving, and while I was moving with others on the ward. So the moving body is central to the development of the interpersonally constituted sense of self. The dynamic nature and experience of our moving bodies is important as it allows us not only to recognise how we anticipate events, but also how we interact with others and how we are changed as a result. This practical immersion in the world develops from birth through interaction and relationship with others. The moving body as a bounded spatial object is at the centre of this immersion. And the dance phenomenologist Maxine Sheets Johnson refers to movement as the mother tongue.
in that we're born moving while we're moving in utero as well, of course, and that we, we learn to language our experience from movement. So language comes after movement. Now, my, my work as a dance movement psychotherapist is very much rooted in the Jungian tradition. But I also wanted in my research to look at the work from a phenomenological viewpoint. And I was particularly interested in, in, in Heidegger's views on spatiality. Jung's, this quote comes from Roger Brooke, who's a professor of psychology and also a Jungian analyst himself and wrote the classic text, Jungian Phenomenology. Jung's method is primarily hermeneutic phenomenological. The psyche is not mind or an inner realm more or less linked to the body, but is the embodied life world and Jung's description of it, of its autonomy, spatiality and bodiliness, for instance, achieve ontological clarity when it is articulated as Dasein. So here, here we're seeing a link between Jung's work with psyche and, and Heidegger's with Dasein. Now, Dasein is expressed as, as the being in the world that makes the opening up of space possible. Being in the world with other is rooted in our familiarity of being with other in the relational sense. And being with other emerges from an inner worldly space. And this inner worldly space is being in, which consists of a de-distancing and directionality. So the people that I was working with on the ward were experiencing severe mental distress and their sense of being and being in the world was coming from an, this inner worldly space and was be, being expressed in a very specific way. <clears throat> Psyche is defined as the totality of all psychic processes, conscious <clears throat> as well as unconscious. It can be expressed personally and it can also be expressed collectively. Psyche always gravitates in a forward direction. And the connections between the Dasein and the Psyche, the connections are connected with spatiality, pre -reflect, a pre-reflective understanding of the world and imagination. Dasein is defined as a being there, presence, existence. And here we have another quote from Roger Brooke, the psyche is not mind or an inner realm, more or less linked to the body, but is the embodied life world and Jung's description of it, of its autonomy, spatiality and bodiliness, for instance, achieve, and this does achieve ontological clarity when it is articulated as Dasein. Just repeating that slide again. <laughs> now, de-distancing is about the sense of being near or far, it is not to be understood as a specific measurable distance, nor determined by citing the position where a corporeal thing is objectively present. Instead, it comes out of an inner worldly space, which is essentially embodied. As you can see, this is um, particular, of particular importance in my work as a dance movement psychotherapist. Now, the research questions in my, my study where what do the qualitative dynamics of movement during the DMP process reveal about the mechanisms at play 
in acute adult mental health? And what do the metaphoric and symbolic processes during the DMP process reveal about the mechanisms at play in DMP and acute adult mental health? So I was, there has been, has been research done into dance movement psychotherapy and its efficacy, but the therapeutic mechanisms had not been researched before. So I was interested to know what was going on in the movement in terms of space and time and what was going on metaphorically and symbolically. Because often people would be producing symbols and metaphors perhaps connected with spaceships or aliens or the third eye. And I wondered how they linked up with the actual movement patterns. So people were often um, in an altered state of consciousness and had altered sense, altered timing experiences and altered sense of space. And I wanted to see whether I would be able to um, focus in and try to, to see what was happening during this time. <clears throat> so I used a movement analysis tool called the Kestenberg Movement Profile. It's a movement notation analysis, as I said, way to analyze movement. And uh, I selected an aspect of this profile which was connected with how one relates to relationships and how one relates to the environment. It's called shaping in planes and efforts. So the results from the study showed that the men's group displayed strong descending movements and the women's group light ascending movements. Both groups had a uh, uh, predominance of advancing accelerating movement and the effort qualities used to that you were used to connect with outer reality allowed the individual to make an impact on the environment. As I said, the shaping in planes structure uh, represented how someone dealt with complex relationships and meanings. I'm going to demonstrate these results in movement, which we could you know, I can invite you to try as well whilst I'm doing them. So data extraction and analysis, I used um, KMP, Kestenberg Movement Profile, which I captured the sessions on film. Only I viewed the films afterwards and analyzed the movements. I also uh, had a descriptive narrative of the ward environment because it was this very specific type of landscape in which this research took place, i.e. the acute adult inpatient setting. I also recorded practitioner research session notes looking, noting the metaphoric and symbolic processes taking place. So the phenomenological data also included uh, the lived body experience of participants which they you um, completed a self uh, self-completed questionnaire with four brief questions asking them about their experience. So the results showed a predominance of advancing movements, which indicate a very precise way of being in the world with specific directedness. This directedness informs us of the way the person engages with other. Now the, the movement forward advancing, so movement forward and back 
advancing and retreating in the sagittal plane represents our engagement with time. It's how we relate to time. So we go forward to the future and we move back towards the past, reflecting on the past. But when we move forward, we knew normally in life move forward with deceleration. So if you move forward with acceleration, not stopping, it um, the, gives the impression of coming very, very quickly towards someone. So the majority of the people in, in both groups, men and women, came forward without a, without a lot of um, deceleration. They, there was also the absence and the balancing of retreating or reflecting back and moving back. So when we're moving forward, we also move back to have a balance in the movement. So the, the forward without deceleration and the balance of retreating created an innerworldly space framed through directionality and de-distancing. And this is a bringing close or a putting far away in relation to feelings or affects. Now there's a link, uh, in my opinion, with trauma here, because 95% of the participants had experienced trauma, either childhood trauma or trauma later on in life. And there has uh, been well documented the link between trauma and, and psychosis. So I saw, felt that I saw this being reflected in the movement patterns. Spatiality comes out of a feeling, an orientation, and here the orientation is in a forward movement, a future direction, a directness, a pretension, if you like. I also looked at the symbols and the metaphors. As I said, when people were moving and dancing, they would often be, be, be talking about um, images, uh, aliens, spaceships, cosmic eggs, volcanoes. Uh, and I felt that obviously some, as a um, psychotherapist rooted in Jungian tradition, very interested in what was being represented. So again, back, back to Roger Brooks' work, who states that it is metaphor, not as a linguistic advice, a device, but as a structure of experience that maintains the link between the proximate and the remote, the actual and the dream, the profane and the sacred. And Jung defines the symbol as the best for possible formulation of a relatively unknown thing. A symbol co-opted consciously as an image of personal significance. And here are some of the images that uh, I mentioned that people um, produced during um, the sessions. So we have a cosmic egg, third eye, spaceship, um, a volcano. And if you think about the image of the, the third eye, the sense of, of the looking inward, what was, was going on, this was um, talked about by one of the um, participants, uh, pseudonym is Hannah, who was very, very interested in um, um, what, what had gone on after her father died, about a sense of a head being cracked open and there was a third eye. And she was talking about this as she was dancing and, and moving. Um, she was also very interested in elephant burial grounds, um, which if you think about this is a place where, where the elephant would go to die and the, all these images were connected together with her her movement patterns so 
what about what we call this uh, mythopoetic expression? Well, if we look at the work of Donald Carlshed, um, Jungian analyst, who says it's often the early story of the trauma survivor, that the early story of the trauma survivor is a mythological one before it's a personal one and must be received as such. Relationship that heals trauma is a relationship with one eye looking outward and one eye closed looking inward, reopening both intersubjective and mythopoetic space. And it's a lovely image, the storyteller from an Inuit whalebone carving. You see one eye looking outward and one eye closed inward. And it's the unconscious processes that are going on that I'm interested in, but about them becoming conscious and so moving from the implicit to the explicit. And in, in during the study, this was expressed also in terms of the de-distancing and the directionality, which we I'd mentioned earlier, which was a forward movement um, without the reflection on the past in retreating movements. So I'm just going to stop there with the slides and I'm going to uh, take you through some of the movements and give you an idea of um, what kind of, you know, what's the movement all about? What's the dance about? Now, as I said before, I play very, very, well, maybe I didn't say, I play very loud music with a very strong beat because that's a, a very good way to um, organize the body. It's external organize of the body. When people are distressed, having something rhythmic um, is, is helpful. So I'll just put on some of the music and I invite you to, to take part, to join in and just see if we can get this technology to work. Library, 30%. Okay. So I'm just... To Galaxy A20. I just invite you to dance to in any way you feel. I'm just going to just change that. Okay. So 
That's an example of some of the music I might use. Um, I was using light ascending movement, strong descending. And I was going forward and I was going back. And this gives you an idea of uh, the sort of energy and the sense of joy that people would um, express while they were, were engaging with the group. So thank you for listening today and I uh, hope you enjoyed the presentation.